Bobley down the line, cross from Flavor Bend, and yes, it's a goal! Oh, what's up, Flavor Bit? In the midst of World Cup madness, billions of millions, Colby Parker Jr. What's up? Come on. Finally back. Whew. So it's been pretty nuts, actually. It's been an amazing World Cup. It's been a good World Cup. Uh, it was really marred by terrible refing about a week ago, and now we've just had some great games, the Brazil-Holland game. Uh, yeah. we're, we're recording this on July 2nd, and Brazil has just lost to Holland. And yeah, tomorrow is a... Germany and uh, the Hermans versus Argentina. Argentina, right? What do you pick on that one? You want the Germans on that, right? I kind of uh, like that blue and white. I like seeing that blue and white. Yeah, it's a self-hitting Jew. I like. I'm gonna go for the Germans. <laughs> all right, but Colby, uh, what do you think about all this talk about um, like introducing like electronics into the goal? I'm all for it. Goal. You know, if you have the technology. I, I am too. I, I hey yo, let's start using technology. <laughs> I, I was. I, w I didn't think it really mattered, but that one goal that uh, England missed out on because of that, uh, it just made me realize that when the whole world can see what's happening uh, within seconds and and be more informed than the officials, it's just it's time to it's time to just add that. If you don't want replays and you don't want to take away the human element, fine. But on goal, at least goals. It's can you just take two seconds. I mean, the guys, you're like, oh, it's gonna take too much time. There's guys rolling around on the floor after getting breathed on too hard for five minutes. So let's get that right. Oh, I got gonged. I got Vuvuzela. <laughs> let's get into this episode, though, Colby. It's a special one. Yeah, why is it special? <laughs> it's the very first Flavor Bin road trip. This is like a road movie for Flavor Bin. Yeah. We hit the road. We went to go visit our friend Mike O'Halloran. Yep. Our friend Mike is uh, in San Francisco editing the new George Lucas film called Red Tails. He's uh, living on Skywalker Ranch right now. Yes, we drove from Los Angeles to San Francisco, which we were positive was a five-hour trip. <laughs> I was pretty sure it was going to be a five, five-and-a-half-hour drive, but after we punched it into the GPS, I learned it's eight and a half hours. Yeah, because it's actually north of San Francisco by about an hour, and it's up in the mountains. And But you know, we had to do it because we're big nerds, and the opportunity to go to Skywalker Ranch, that's a kind of, that's a big deal to a guy like me. Yeah. So we packed up and, uh, you know, got all ready, and by the time we hit the road, it's 1 a.m. <laughs> so uh, what you're hearing now is uh, audio documentation of our trip from Los Angeles to the Skywalker Ranch. What, what, what time? How do I operate? How do I fucking work this futuristic car? Okay, hit the power button. What time are we at? 1.40? Oh, God. <sighs> All right. Okay, I don't think it's in San Francisco, though. What's the city? Um, standby, people. Oh, Nicasio, California. Nicasio, Here California. we go. And what's the street? Lucas Valley Road, Bill. This is where you're headed. It's oh, in the it's GPS. in the GPS. Yikes. Seven oh, and a half hours. Holy shit. Uh, it's a flavor bin road trip. What do you want to eat first? Oh, God, I don't know. There's so many options. Carl's Jr.'s Jack Carl's in the Box. Jr. Jack in the Burger Box. King. Maybe an In-N-Out Burger. In-N-Out Burger. Oh, so many Is options. Is there Chick-fil-A on the way? I wish there was a Chick-fil-A. I don't Chick -A, know if there's Chick-fil-A out this far west. I need more flavor. I knock them, knock them out the park when other rappers are hitting butts. I'm a target, not a fog. I step on runs and don't do stunts. I got so power, never took a cold shower, never had a girlfriend the color of cooking flour. The thing is, this story started like two years ago, right, Parker? When you met Mike O'Halloran while you were editing Virtuality. Yeah, I was cutting uh, Virtuality. Which was a uh, 
Ron Moore production. Of course, he kind of reignited the Battlestar Galactica franchise. Yeah, yeah. He kind of he worked his way up the ranks to like Ron Moore's number one guy, and it was Ron Moore and Pete Berg. So these two huge cosmic powers collided to make this thing called virtuality. Despite all those cosmic powers, the, the show did not get picked up. First it, law it, broken. It did illegal U-turn. <laughs> it did air. Anyway, Mike is now. Editing with In George Lucas. Mile, you could get sued just for saying that. Be careful. Let's let's give him a. We should give him a code name for now on. I'm not saying anything that's not on IMDb. Okay. Uh, Mike is up at uh, Skywalker Ranch, which is George Lucas's HQ up in Northern California. Has been for the last 20, 30 years. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I'm, I'm hoping we get to check out some weird. Star Wars props or like Indiana Jones' whip or something in a glass case or something like that. Um, so anyway, we're, we're gonna go uh, we're gonna go hang out with Mike a bit this weekend up at Skywalker Ranch. I'm not gonna say it's a dream come true for me. I won't go that far, but I will say it's it's definitely on that list of things I wanted to do. If you see Lucas, uh, what would you say? Like, I'm gonna get a flavor kill from that guy. <laughs> be like, yo, what's your flavor? <clears throat> George, kill? what are your um? What are your top five flavor kills? Gonna be like, well, oh, I'll say episode one, um, uh, episode two, episode three, four, and five. Uh, now nah, he put he list the Kurosawa film, no. of course. Just now passing the Mulholland Drive sign. We're not even like, not even 20 minutes into our road trip. Mulholland Drive, huh? Isn't that your favorite David Lynch movie? Eh. It's a little fragmented. I, I'll put it this way: I want to be a David Lynch fan. Uh, he doesn't work with me enough. He just doesn't work with me enough. Funny, you do like Dune, though, right? I do like David Lynch's Dune, however, because of all of the voiceovers, which I think are a lot like the books, where there's a lot of like internal mind games going on with people, a lot of conniving and. You grab the wheel suckers and rip the burger. Dude, what is your problem? The burger is kind of together. A, we're gonna get an accident over a uh, non-perforated burger. <laughs> anyway. Um, yes, the uh, it's the people versus the Burger King Corporation <laughs> suing over non-perforated hamburgers causing an accident on the Five North. Yo, this is Michael Holman, and I'm out representing the Flavor Bin. Check it out. You know it's the shit. I'm going to list my... I'll give you my five flavor kills for Star Wars. I'll say the Graflex Flash Unit, which is actually a, a real device that was used Press by the props department. What's a Flash Unit? North. Like a Flash Unit, uh, you know, like in... Um, going up in, north, son. Yeah, we're not going very far up north. You see this? Oh, God. Huge traffic jam. You should get a picture of this. Fucking so Los Angeles, California. It look, just look fucks with you. Started, dude. Just fucks with you so hard. On a good note, I do have time now to eat my Burger King uh, God BK damn shots. damn you, Los Angeles. Dude, this is our trip is going to be like... Do you have my BK shots? I'm not mad at this traffic right now. 
Oh, you're crazy. Is this my BK cop? Like, that's very selfish of you to say you're not mad at this traffic. Dude, I want to hear Where are they? They're on the floor. My girl was here. She'd like separate my BK shots and put a napkin on my lap. You're not doing anything. <laughs> BK shot, shot, shot. BK shot, 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 shot. Oh, God. I don't think that would work with Peter Berg's diet plan, would that? Those BK shots after Pete, at 11 p.m.? Pete lets loose on a road trip. He knows how to party. He knows what's up with a road trip. Does Pete take road trips anymore? Yeah, on private planes. Oh, <laughs> ball-out status. Yeah. I got to go to Ralph's. Wow. <laughs> yeah, motivational flyby in the G4 jet. <laughs> Tip of the wing at us. Anyway, that's going to be my first Star Wars flavor cool. Graphlex flash unit used to uh, create the prop for the lightsaber. Holy shit, you're still talking about that thing? Colby, I noticed that <laughs> you're kind of all over the place on the freeway here. Your speed like goes up, little, it goes down. I'm you, a little nervous. You swerve I... over, you're looking at your phone a little bit. What are we doing here? <laughs> this is a job. Take this seriously. I lost my license, dude, so I don't want to go too fast. I can't get pulled over. Right, right. Well, okay. I have a few speeding tips for you that I, I've picked up over the years as a as a California native. Um, first of all, if cars are passing you, you're generally pretty safe. Right. All right. So I try to trail behind cars that are speeding for as many miles as I can, but yet still allow them, allowing them to pull away from me. You don't want to be caught out in between yeah. groups of cars if you don't have to be. So far, these are all tricks I do already. Go on. Okay. But uh, you were going against one of my other rules, which is you were rolling real hard in the fast lane. Not a good move. Uh, another thing that I like to do is I like to change lanes on turns, and I don't signal, all right, because signaling calls attention to you moving around the freeway a lot, and the reason I shift lanes on turns without signaling is that from a distance, it doesn't really look like you're doing anything, but you're actually kind of getting around other cars and stuff. So that's that's the next tip. And then, of course, the other thing is a real obvious one out here in California freeways. The police will often be sitting on the top of on-ramps. So don't go speeding past an on-ramp. That's the, that's the next thing. Nice stats, kid. Colby, how long is this trip supposed to take us? Seven and a half hours. Seven and a half hours from Los Angeles. All right. Let me tell you, one of my, one of my greatest hours was getting from San Diego to San Francisco in seven hours. I don't believe that. Yeah, dude. yeah. BMW 3 Series uh, going at about 110 miles per hour on the 5. What Bill McMullen and what lifetime did this happen in our alternate yeah, universe? Long, before, like long before I moved here. We had to make it to a party. Nice. We had to make it to a party. We made it to the party at 11. Did you have crazy length back then? <laughs> what are we talking about here? Yeah, I've seen some pictures of you. <laughs> nothing's crazy nothing's changed on particular lengths. Um, no, I'm talking about, like, I'm talking about <laughs> but your yeah, I, yeah, I had uh, I had long blonde hair like a goofy California college student at the time. Your look is pretty crazy. It was a little crazy. It was a little crazy, but uh, yeah, whatever. So I'm just telling you, that's like one of my. It was spiky on top, right? It no, it was not spiky <laughs> on top. It was long on top. On my uh, soccer team, I. Uh... I was a, you know, 
know, like freshman, whatever. And uh, I was a goalie. And the, yeah. well, right off the bat, soccer plus hair is always like a wild card. So, so I went in going flock of seagull style. Okay. Like really short with a huge flop. Yeah. And uh, I was talking shit to everybody. And then one day they all held me down and they cut my flock of seagulls off. Oh my God! You were actually physically. <laughs> yeah. They actually got girls in on the program. What is like, this? We were just some going girls to talk to me. And then when I wasn't looking, they grabbed me and cut it off in front of them. Colby. What? We were going 70 a minute ago, and now we're going 54. I'm telling you a story. Yeah. You like you're the guy that like will walk I think... and stop, miss, <laughs> stop walking so you can finish your story. You're talking not, to me. Not when I'm driving, all motherfucker. Right, right. <laughs> not on a seven hour drive. <laughs> check 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 it out. This is Swiss Beats doing a major. The flavor bin is in effect. As we do and as we say, it's time. How at me. Flavor bin. Bill, isn't it fun driving with me? Because you know at any moment it could be your last <laughs> moment of life. Just like one <laughs> swerve At any veer. time, I'm like one weird daydream away from <laughs> careening into another right car. Inside of a truck or something. <laughs> it's cool. I mean, it keeps me awake. I just want to say... Except I'm not driving. <laughs> so... Yeah, keep showing your toes. My navigators never fall asleep for yeah, some reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to say I wish I never ate that Burger King. I feel like such garbage right now. Oh, wow. Well, God, it's really fleeting, the enjoyment after the burgers end. Time has come up so fast. Thank God, dude. It's like, ah. You know what the worst thing in the world would be right now? Be you looking down the barrel of three and a half hours. Oh, no, no, I don't mind. I'm, I'm good. I'm good with it. But I'm telling you, what, is it Food Mart, the choice? The Shell gas station Food Mart? I kind of want to go to that In-N-Out burger. We can do both. I just want to get a shake or something. Dude, that shake is going to make you really tired. You sure you want to do no, that? No, it's not. Come on. Shakes are good. I, I just I like the idea of the In and Out because they have restrooms and that's Do we it. Do think the food market is in a restaurant? Uh, well, I can tell you this right now: In and Out is like a family operation. Yeah. They crack ass on people. They have their restrooms clean. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, there's nothing like going to the bathroom at Starbucks. You know, it's a nice, clean, one person at a time bathroom. You can get a nice sanctuary poo in there. <laughs> <laughs> While listening to Zero Seven or yeah, something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Chill out sessions four. The flavor. It's almost five in the morning. We're not gonna be there till almost six a.m. It's kind of kind of um, catching a bad one on this one, but dude, your driving is amazing. It's like being in a NASCAR. <laughs> You're drafting and. <laughs> Sliding I'm into not, turns. I'm not signaling. Every turn is like a wide turn. Every time there's a turn, that's a reason to change lanes. Drifting, let someone pass you, you pass them playing the game, then you drop off. And then you're like, fuck it, they're following you. And then you just go about 90 when you see a big turn or some trucks that you can duck behind. And I, I appreciate that really kind action-packed review of my driving that you just gave, but I, I tried to hype you up. You don't want it? You don't <laughs> no, fuck yourself. <laughs> well, 
Whoa, Mike was correct. This is a very windy road. Oh, that's how you wrote windy, not windy. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Parker. <laughs> Dude, we're heading up to a compound. This is like a cult. <laughs> Look at this road we got. We got to go. We're driving up a, basically a 20-minute windy, <laughs> windy, windy road turny with, road. With a, like a 20-mile-per-hour sign with a big zigzag every Just yards. to get to the ranch. Like this, You don't want to be doing this every day. This is a drag. Although... I used to work at Mohawk Mountain House, and we drove up Windy Mountain, and you memorize it in your head. I could literally drive it and know when to turn with my eyes closed, you know? Wow. Did you ever have that with a certain path? I'm doing that right now. Oh, you, you've driven <laughs> Luke, Are you using the force? Luke, you've switched off your GPS computer. So eventually, I think at like 6 or 7 a.m., we made it. We get up to that gate, some guy's like Skywalker Ranch, and then he let us in. Mike had cots for us. Ridiculous room that he had, right? Yeah. It looked like an inside of a lodge, like a pine boards on every surface. It was really cool. Yeah, the, the ran ranch life was cool. Uh, actually, as soon as we got to the ranch, it hit me real fast that we weren't going to see anything from Star Wars. There was no yeah. Star Wars. Nothing. Memorabilia anywhere. It looks anywhere. like The Shining. They, it was like being in Woodstock, New York or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was like some sort of like sandals uh, getaway or something. Like anytime you turn around and do something, some official Lucas person would show up, not to watch you, but to bring you uh, logs for the fire. Or the next day, like food had been restocked in the refrigerator, kind of like a cruise or something like that. But we had a nice barbecue. We sat Mike down and uh, we got into it, which is cool. Yeah, here's our interview with Mike. All right, so here we are at the ranch, Flavor Bin, out oh. in um, oh, yeah, Reseda, California. California are we yeah, where are we? Reseda, that's Mike? Karate Kid territory. Mike. We're in uh, Nicasio, California, yeah. in um, Marin County. Marin okay. County with Mike O'Halloran. Thank you for uh, inviting us up to the Skywalker Ranch here. Yeah, Mike. Oh, anytime. My pleasure. Um, it's really great to be a guest up here at Skywalker Ranch. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. We, we don't get many so visitors much. up here. I'm glad you guys came. It's a bit of a journey yeah. through the mountains, over hills and dale. Yeah. Um, We've got a little ahead of ourselves. Why don't you tell us uh, what you're doing up here? I'm uh, editing George's uh, latest film, Red Tails, uh, a movie about the Tuskegee Airmen, which is a, a fighter pilot who broke the color barrier in World War II. And uh, a guy named Anthony Hemingway directed it, and George is producing, so he's going through his producer's cut at the moment, so we're here at the ranch to do that. And um, you a big Star Wars fan growing up? <laughs> uh, uh, honestly, seriously, uh, when I was five years old, my father took me to see Star Wars. It did change my life. I mean, in the sense that, wow, I would love to be involved in this in some way. And my parents who came to visit me like two weeks ago, like, wow. This is your dream, huh? And I didn't realize it when they said it. Like, I guess it is. Like, yeah. I really believe anyone of our generation that's involved in this industry in some way, Lucas is somewhat responsible for that involvement, whether we acknowledge it or not. All right, you got the job already. All right. All right relax. <laughs> um, let me ask you, tell, let's tell us about the first time you met him. What was that like? Oh, it was horrible. No, no, it was uh, a bit anxious, obviously, at first. And within two, three minutes, George is so... Can we set the stage a little, you know? For people listening on radio or podcast, uh, hurry up! 
<laughs> when you say center stage, what do you mean? Like, like what you mean him like you had edited like a little bit, and you were showing him a cut. Oh no, it was actually in Prague when him. he came. I forgot actually. No, uh, I was in Prague where we were shooting the movie. Uh, he came to you know see how things were going. He, uh, we had a, you're yeah. in Prague, Czechoslovakia. People don't know that. No, but I just want to emphasize Czech Republic, that, actually. Like, Czech he's Republic. actually checking. He doesn't know what yeah. Prague is. No, I just it was no <laughs> longer called Czechoslovakia after 1998. Oh, sorry. When it was officially changed to the Czech Republic, uh, we were in Prague, and George came over to, you know, see how things were going. We showed him, you know, the first 30 minutes we had, and he, you know, just loved it. And, and I have to say, in all honesty, uh, one of the nicest, most gentle people he ever met, especially, you know, in, as far as Hollywood icons go. <laughs> Flavorman. So, so we've been here a couple days. Um, you know, life on the ranch, it's pretty mellow, isn't it? It's pretty mellow. Really Not many mellow. Star Wars artifacts at all around that much. But we did ride our bikes, which was awesome, that was through pretty Skywalker cool. Village. Mikey took us over to one of the premier sound and audio facilities. Not one of, the, the. in the entire world, apparently. Skywalker Sound. Skywalker that Sound. Was cool. We took a nice tour of Based Skywalker Sound. Based on a, uh, modeled after a 19th century French vineyard. Mm. Beautiful building. Well, without exception, the most beautiful facility ever been in. Completely so legendary to finally I mean, see it was. But really also inside, it's beautiful. I mean, yeah. it's nice. You want to work there. Honestly, it's like we're, we're living on a giant park or something. Yeah. That is true. Yeah, and uh, there's just the Amsterdam style free bikes. You just kind of grab a bike, ride yeah. the bike. No crime. We saw one car, and it was seriously like I felt like the cops were rolling up yeah. on us. It was like, what is a uh, car? What? We I apologize for that car. What about Ewok Lake? Ewok Lake was man nice. Made, we spent some time giant by Ewok lake. lake, which was really nice. We like saw a few people across the lake, too, and it was weird. Fishing. It became a little like the family Manson-esque at that moment, I think. I was a little concerned, actually. A little cultish. That's the only other person I've ever seen at the ranch since I've been here, since this is talking since October. Yeah, it's like 28 days later almost. Much, much scarier. So, Mike, they we came up here, and, and you had us go into this underground parking lot, and it's like we're driving around this place that I likened it to like a ski resort in the summertime. Like, it's just these wild villas and lodges and stuff. And you were telling me about all the different rooms. Can you go into that a little bit? It's pretty cool. Well, each room is a... a from what I understand, uh, modeled uh, after a person that George Lucas uh, admired, uh, usually an artist. Uh, I, in, I'm in the Sergei, uh, Sergei, what was his name? Sergei Eisenstein. Yeah, I'm in the Eisenstein room, uh, which is modeled after a, uh, apparently a, Siberi a wealthy Siberian ski lodge. Uh, the Kurosawa room is a, has a Japanese motif. Uh, Melissa is in the, um, the Gershwin, Gershwin room. room. She has a grand piano in the room. It's very grand. It's, it's really, everything's great. <laughs> and the, I mean, each room, we have to say, impeccably deco decorated, yeah. beautiful. I mean, in my room alone, we, we, there's a fireplace that is... Yeah. Have you ever seen a fireplace like this? I no, mean, it's enormous. And, you know, it's probably eight feet by and they five clean it, feet. If I, if I use it, they clean it, and then they... Fill the, they, they make a new fire and fill the wood basket for me the next day. I mean, yeah, it's the they, one, most they, wonderful place on earth. It's um, pretty cool. And, and each room, I thought this was really cool, each room has a stack of books about each filmmaker. Yes. So you have, a, you have a stack of Eisenstein books. I saw a stack of Kurosawa uh, books. You, you really think there. there's 30 books written on Eisenstein? It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, they have every know. single one of them. I've read them all, by the way. 
And so, Mike, obviously you didn't just bumble into a job with George Lucas. So, I mean, <laughs> I, met, I, met you, <laughs> I met you through Colby when you guys were working on a Ron Moore production. Right. Um, the Virtuality Show. Yes. How did you get involved with that? Explain that Ron Moore connection. I came out to L.A. after college, got a job as a PA on Star Trek, and, you know, within a few weeks I uh, met Ron Moore, and we were working together. Well, he was one of the writers in the writer's room, and uh, we worked together for, you know, 12 years, uh, off and on. And then when Battlestar Galactica happened, he asked me to be an editor there. So I don't understand. You started editing at Star Trek. What did you start as an assistant? What yes, happened? I was assistant editor at, uh, on Star Trek Voyager, and then when Battlestar started... Ron, Did you edit any Star Trek? No. I was an, only an assistant editor at Star Trek. Did you assist for Battlestar? No. So oh, yes, I did. One a episode. A little bit one episode. and then they, gave, they said, all right, you're, now you're an editor. No. What happened is the woman, uh, luckily, uh, the first episode I worked on, the woman who was editing the episode, the episode called Scar, she had to leave to go to another television show, and uh. it fell in my lap. What, uh, what, what questions do you get asked most by uh, Battlestar Galactica fans? That they didn't this is the first time I've ever been asked about <laughs> Battlestar Galactica, ever. Right. It's true. Right. I've never been asked anything about... In all the nerd circles you hang out in, no one's it's ever asked It's not even that. I don't, you know, as you say, nerd circles, I don't hang out in any circles. I have no friends. I really keep to myself. No one wants to talk to me. It's, really, even you, how many words do you say to me in a day? Four? I mean, come on. <laughs> well, it's particularly easy up here in this isolated environment. I, I, I have to say, that's the one thing I like about up I here. I think you're going a little stir crazy, dude. I think you're losing it up here. <laughs> but you know what's so sad? I, I wish that were true. I think I lost it long before I came here. So uh, after Battlestar, um, you came onto this TV show called Ver well TV pilot TV movie TV movie we'll give it let's give it that project. You came onto this TV movie project Virtuality and that's where we met. Correct. And you came to my uh, birthday party and we went to see Godfather two or one at the uh, two 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 was it two at the yes it was two at the ArcLight. Um, you're a huge Godfather fan. What is it about that film? I mean, you can't go two minutes without quoting that film. Which is strange. I, you're right. I can't go two minutes without quoting it. I, it's, it's the values it instills. I truly believe in those values, and I wish America would get back to that. <laughs> what the wow. fuck? Wow. Heavy. <laughs> Seriously, though, if you take away the crime aspect and the murder, you know, it was about honesty. It's about keeping your word. It's about doing what's right, whether it's legal or not, what's right. Like a loyalty. Right. And, and that's, yeah. a, the, you know, the, that's how I grew up. I hope that's how you guys grew up. Honor among The only thieves. thing worse in my neighborhood than being a murderer or a rapist is a rat. <laughs> and you never, you ne the, the, the rat is just the most unacceptable thing in the Godfather films. And you're, you're from the Bronx. Right. You you're Bronx, the... Lower Manhattan. Are you a Yankees or Mets fan? <laughs> Yankees, duh. Are you a big Yankees fan? Like no, really, but, uh, yeah, of course. Who's your favorite Yankee team? Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson's your favorite. Of course, Thurman Munson. <laughs> Lest anyone think that um, Mike is Jewish, he's actually Irish, which is probably hard to believe. From Irish Catholic, <laughs> recovering Catholic. Do you get a, a, Do you get accused of being Jewish ever? You know, two or three times a day. <laughs> from Colby, who makes a really big deal. Out one of many. One of many. <laughs> it's a good thing. I accept it. I embrace it. <laughs> Woody's my hero. Is that your all-time favorite, Woody Allen? Or of course. Oh, Woody, by far. Hmm. Who would you would you rather work with, 
Woody. Coppola. No, Woody. Doesn't even matter. Woody. No, I don't even need to hear that. Right. Just don't even give me any choices. Woody. Woody. What's your favorite uh, Woody films? Oh, uh, well, we're just toss between Hannah, Manhattan, Zelig, Annie. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on. It's just a ridiculous question. Well, just for the flavor of an audience, if someone's like, hasn't. Uh, oh, in that case, really okay. what, what, what uh, do you suggest could, they, they hunt down? Legitimate question. Uh, start with Hannah, then go to H- Annie, Zelig, Play It Against Sam. Wow. Played against Sam, 1974, only when he filmed in San Francisco due to the New York uh, filmmaker strike. The wildlife up here. We saw. We almost. We, we saw a deer running across the road the other day. What's? Yeah. I think, like, hey, deer. And then say to your mother for me. I, I think there could be more deer. So we were riding bikes yesterday, and we started. We we saw a bunch of wild turkeys and the yeah, deer. Tur- what's going on up here? Does anybody eat those turkeys that I see running around? The turkey are given out at Thanksgiving, and the cow and the longhorns you see are served at the cafeteria. How's the food in the cafeteria? Yeah. The food in the cafeteria is. Wonderful. Wow. Good, uh, good quesadillas? <laughs> the quesadillas are not that good, but everything else is great. Ouch. Funny how that works out. Yeah. Get that motherfucking soul clap going on. Somebody clap their hands. Hurry up. Immediately. Mike. Yeah. Um, where is all the Star Wars memorabilia? Is, I know, obviously, it's here, but do you yeah, know exactly Mike, where it apparently, is? Mike, you apparently, need to answer for this, because all week long, you were you made it sound very cool to just roll <laughs> up here, and you have been a very, very good host. But there's no <laughs> fucking Star Wars shit well, anywhere. What is up with that? I expected did, to see, like, a C-3PO statue or something. We were talking about it on the Flavor Bin all we the way up here. we were doing, like, Star Wars weekend, and we walked into the big show. Yeah, I, I thought apologize. I'd get to wear, like, a Boba Fett jetpack and stuff. And I, and now, I had no idea what level I see a turkey. I see were. a turkey and a horse. No, I had no idea what level of nerd you guys Thank were. God that thing was named Ewok Lake. Or right. I just that, freaked by out. the way, I made that up. It's not even oh, Ewok Lake. No. God. That was the only thing we had. Oh, no, we got it. It's Lucas Lake. Oh. oh. I apologize. But uh, apparently, from what I've heard, all of the, you know, all your lightsabers and your, your Yoda masks or whatever, uh, Darth Vader helmets. Chewy uh, feet. There's a building, the archive building, apparently, that it's actually very, unlike the, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark when they put that, you know, the, the, the crate. The, the warehouse. Yes. Yeah. It's not like that. It's incredibly organized. Actually, it almost looks like a museum where it's set up to, you know, show everything off. Oh, that's cool. Bill. Is this going to be like the fifth time this weekend where you're going to mention if we had come up during the, the work week? week, we could have maybe... Is that... Are you going to well, say that? Well, I, I, will, I will mention it again. It's all bullshit, though. You could not you, have, There's no way we could no. go into the arc. Will you get my Lucas doll signed? That I will do. That I promise, uh, promise you. I promise you. You promise not to bend it? If I have to sign the thing myself, it no, will be don't. Do that. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you so much for inviting Flavor Bin up here to the gorgeous Skywalker Ranch. Anytime. So that was a fun weekend. Thanks, Mike. That was that was really cool. This will conclude the road trip part of the, this Flavor Bin Seven episode. Never. It's always. It's going to go on forever. <laughs> So we ran into uh, my friend Simeon Littman from Antiques Roadshow, and I thought, what a great opportunity 
to have my old iPhone appraised to see how much it would be worth for when I sell it to put that money towards the new iPhone. So just because it's an iPhone or because you, Bill McMullins owned it? I don't know. Who knows? That's why we consulted the expert. Let's see what he said. This is Simeon Lipman, a friend of mine who, uh, how would you describe yourself, Simeon? What do you do on Antiques Roadshow? I appraise pop culture memorabilia. You appraise pop culture memorabilia. Yes. Well, I have a uh, storage facility full of stuff I need to show to you. <laughs> if it's worth the Consulting. 90 bucks a month, I'm paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> Simeon, I was kind of thinking of offsetting the cost of my new iPhone by selling my old one, and I figured, yeah. I, I figured running into you on the street here, would you mind uh, taking a look at Colby? You want to get in on this too? See what the value of our iPhones yeah, might be at this. Yeah, point? I have two, two actually in my car with cracked cases too. So you can phrase those yeah. by uh, memory. Condition issues. Condition. Yeah, issues. yeah. Well, get out your phone. Let's okay, see what's up. Oh, I see. Let's. Oh, this one doesn't have a it doesn't have a smashed screen, so it'd be pretty good. Yeah, this is nice. one of my good ones. Nice. Well, I think you know, as with um, sports memorabilia, as with a lot of other types of memorabilia, it's not the actual piece that has the intrinsic value. It's the fact that it's around or surrounded by an interesting story. The fact that you guys use your phones for the flavor bin. Oh, okay. A groundbreaking podcast. <laughs> That is what makes it interesting. That's what will give it legs in the future, and uh, and that's what uh, makes it a, a collectible. So how do we? Should we do anything to the phone? Those? Yeah. Do we? Should we laser? Should we laser the logo onto the back of it? Yes. It's all about provenance. You've heard that word before on the internet. I'm not familiar with that. But provenance is the history of a piece. How you can uh, basically trace its history uh, to the original owner. So uh, knowing that this came from. You, Bill, you, Colby, and that, uh, you know, it is actually used on the flavor bin makes it a very special piece indeed. Maybe I can get this notarized with a photo of me signing it or Absolutely. something? Absolutely. Get, okay. get yourself a, a letter of authenticity, if you will. Both sign it and uh, put a seal on it, and I'll witness it. It becomes something very special. Awesome. I'd say roughly $17,000. I, I think <laughs> you're a little high on that, but okay. it's definitely, well, definitely collect. Do you have any disgruntled people when you tell them something's valued at, say, 1000 <laughs> Yeah. And then they can't sell it? Oh, well, you know, people people come to the show all the time uh -huh. with pieces they think are worth a fortune, uh -huh. and then you got to kind of break the news. And, yeah, they're not happy. And, you know, you try and break it to them in the best way possible, but, you know. Well, well, me personally, I, I see, because I used to collect cars and stuff, and it's like, someone would be like, all right, this rookie is worth whatever, say 500 bucks, but then I'm just like, well, who's going to buy it, even though it's worth 500? I mean, like, that well, seems well, to be the Well, that's the thing, right? You, the, the other part of this assessment is you have to find someone who's willing to pay that. Yeah, yeah, you have to find one, of the, the uh, one of the 10 fans of the flavor bin who will, uh, <laughs> who will actually buck up. Yeah, I guess so. Well, maybe if you're out there, buddy, we're waiting. All right, Simeon, thank you. Oh, it's flavor cule time. Colby, what's the rule? Rules of the cule? Uh, explain what's popping, what's hot, in two sentences or less. And we each get five. So, Colby, why don't you start off? 
Okay, first cue is the Burger King slushy. Bar none. Mm. When I want a slushy, two things. I want consistency and flavor. And the Burger King slushy never fails to deliver. Blows <laughs> away even the best of 7-Eleven's Coke slushies. All right, being uh, the theme of the show, being Star Wars, um, my first flavor cue is going to be the book, The Secret History of Star Wars, which is uh, available in print, or you can, you can actually find it online as a PDF. It's an exhaustive unauthorized history of the making of the Star Wars movies with lots of great research and interviews. Uh, my second flavor cue is Brogues. Um, I unfortunately don't feel like I'm cool enough to pull these off, but I know they're cool. I only wear sneakers, but if I wore shoes a lot more, I'd start wearing Brogues because they're kind of hot. Go Rogue and Brogues. All right, my second flavor cue is Bauhaus, spelled B-A-O-H-A-U-S, and it's a uh, steamed sandwich shop on uh, Rivington, the LES, and it's run by this guy, Eddie Wang, that my uh, friend Tyler introduced me to, and he's just a funny dude who just gets real scrappy and online arguments with other foodies and stuff, but he definitely delivers with some excellent pork buns. All right, this may be a flavor cue after dark, but my next flavor cue is orgies. I've been privy to some conversations lately where people have talking about partaking in orgies. I haven't, let me just stress that, but I think like the 70s and free love are kind of back in. So uh, if you're down and confident with your body, people, uh, it's on. <laughs> oh, well, mine just seems so timid now. Um, my third flavor cue is the uh, BBC series Luther. Starring Flavor Bin episode six guest Idris Elba. It's just a cop drama on the BBC of six episodes. I could have watched the whole thing in one night. It's gonna be airing here in the fall. My my next flavor cue actually used to play on the BBC America, but now plays on Ovation. It's the Jules Holland show. It's basically a show that features five different bands with a five different variety of styles. One show I saw had Jay-Z, XX, some French crooner some awesome Arabic tribe band called Tinny Warren, and I think it was like Brian Ferry or the band The Fall. Anyway, you get the idea. It's totally an eclectic, almost like jam session. There's no interviewing, just one band plays after another. It's amazing. Uh, I gotta thank my friend Max for my fourth flavor cue. Little technical here. My fourth flavor cue is tightening up your eBay searches by using the minus sign to omit unwanted results in a category. You know what I'm saying? So you do a search for, say, a phone, and then suddenly you get all these listings for cases for that phone that are 99 cents or something. Mm -hmm. You can type in phone minus sign cases, and you, oh. it'll just get rid of all those things. With no space between the minus sign and what you're trying to subtract. Okay, my final flavor cue. Oh, did you just feel that, Bill? What was that? That might have been an earthquake. If you're not sure, why don't you go on the app Quake Watch? Let me see. <laughs> yep, that was 2.3 on the Richter scale. Quake Watch. There's nothing funner than seeing uh, what, <laughs> what percentage on the Richter scale that last shake was. That last flavor kill registered. Uh, here's my final one. It's just going to be a little, maybe a little aftershock compared to that one. My fifth and final flavor kill is the little square apple pie from Hungry Man Dinners. I love those. You put in too much flavor. Hi, I'm Jonah, and you're watching, uh, no, you're listening to the Flavor Bin. Quit your sniveling. It's time for the Peter Berg Motivational Moment. 
I don't think people understand the fact that you have absolutely one and only one chance at a reputation. If you fuck up your reputation one time, that's it. There's nowhere to go to buy your reputation back. You understand? You must protect your reputation at all costs. Your integrity, your trustworthiness, your believability. You got one shot at that. Once it's gone, it's gone forever. So don't fuck around with your reputation. God, those motivational moments are the best part of every flavor of it, is it me? Now you can actually use that information, although I, I rarely do, and I feel kind of guilty about that. Have you gotten your uh, signed George Sakul toy back from Mikey yet? No, I don't want to talk about that. I'm really upset. Mikey. What's going on? Flavorman episode seven, winding down. Yeah, that's it. uh, it's going to be known as the World Cup episode. Do you want to put in a prediction? Ooh, wow. I got to stick with the Dutch. I'm gonna go with the Hermans. You wanna put a you wanna put a bet on that or something? We'll have to figure something out. How about if the team that you predicted wins, the guy has to buy you that jersey? It's a bet. I like it. We're all shaking right, right now. So, all right. Thanks for all your support, everyone. Flavor Bin loves you. in the morning and this driving is starting to grate on me it's a lot of driving for this bag <laughs> I mean what are we we're gonna end up clocking we about 20 hours 14 of- hours to see a bunch of cherry blossom trees